Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Season 2 of Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so if you haven't listened to Season 1 yet, I'd recommend starting there. Chapter 26. No one pays for art. Brooklyn, this needs to stop. You and Apollo need to just stop. Lana was sternly waving her glass of rosé at me. She, Gemma, Brie, and I were seated on a heated patio, blankets wrapped around our legs, and two-for-one glasses of rosé in our hands. Tiny raindrops were falling over the gray water of the harbor front in front of us. It was a week after we'd all gone out for my birthday, and officially the time of year when Vancouverites sadly put away their fair-weather clothing, zip up their raincoats, and resign themselves to the fact that the city would be engulfed in clouds for the next four months. To help the four of us cope with the onset of seasonal depression, and because we desperately needed some girl time, Lana had booked us a table at a restaurant she used to work at in Coal Harbor. I had finally filled her and Brie in about the Apollo and Amanda situation, and they had a lot to say about it. I know it needs to stop, I told Lana. It has stopped. I haven't talked to him since it happened. And Amanda still doesn't know? Brie asked. No. You should tell her, Lana said. I can't, Lan. Why not? I already told you. I don't want to fuck things up at work. She was so nice, though. Brie chewed on her lip. I feel bad. So do I. Then... Tell her, Lana insisted. I mean, really, what could go wrong? It's not like she's gonna go tell your boss about all of this. At worst, there'll be some awkwardness between you two, but at least she'll appreciate knowing the truth. I don't even know what the truth is, though. I mean, technically, I'm not even sure if Apollo did anything wrong. It certainly feels wrong, Gemma huffed. I know, but he was single. He was going on dates with multiple people. I was talking to that Stefan dude while I was seeing him. The only difference is Apollo got caught, and the two girls he was dating happened to work together. Didn't Amanda call him her boyfriend, though? Bree asked. I racked my brains, trying to remember. I'm not sure. But they're like family friends, Lana said. I can understand playing the field with a bunch of randoms, but that's not something you do to someone you have so much history with. You're remarkably outraged with Apollo for someone who did pretty much the same thing last weekend, Gemma smirked, taking a pointed sip of her rosé. What, you mean with Chris and the Australian guy from the bar? That was totally different. It was different, Brie agreed. 
because you actually invited Chris to the bar so that he could see the whole thing. Very forthright of you. I thought you guys didn't hate me for that, Lana pouted. We don't, Gemma said. I'm just making an observation. Lana glared at her. Well, I had the decency to break up with Chris after it happened, unlike Apollo, who seems like he's still trying to play the field. It sounds to me like he just wants to talk to you, Brooklyn, Bree said. Maybe you should let him. I don't want to see him. Why not? Gemma asked. It'll be easier to decide what to do once you have his side of the story. I just don't see what he could say that would make things any better. Bree gave me a shrewd look. You're scared to be alone with him again, aren't you? No, I said defensively, but she was right. I realized it as I said it. Why would you be scared? Lana asked. He's the one who should be afraid. The things I would say to him if it were me. She looked wistfully out over the water. She's scared because she's worried she'll hook up with him again, Bree said quietly. No, she isn't. Brooklyn's done with Apollo. Lana trailed off uncertainly. Aren't you? I shrugged and took a very large sip of rosé. What is it with you two? Lana grimaced. I don't get it. I do, Gemma swooned. Apollo is such a babe. But there are millions of babes out there, Brooklyn. Lana rolled her eyes. Go hook up with one of them instead. She has been, Gemma winked. We met up with some really cute guys after you guys left last weekend. I didn't really hook up with Steve, I said. It's Gemma who's been having all the fun with Braylon. Braylon? Steve? Who are these people? Lana leaned forward eagerly, nearly knocking over her glass. Gemma explained all about our adventure with Braylon and Steve last weekend while I ordered another round of drinks. They sound great, Bree said. Have you guys seen each other since? Well, we've been texting, Gemma said, and Braylon met up with me after my first day working on the painting for Portia. Portia? What painting? Lana asked. Gemma explained how Braylon had gotten her the job to paint Portia's family. A rich family from West Van who are getting a portrait commissioned? I bet they are a delight to be around, Lana said sarcastically. Yeah, what are they like? I asked Gemma curiously. Dreadful, Gemma said. Really? Why? Oh, don't act so surprised, Brooklyn, you met Portia. That's true, I laughed. But what do they do that's so dreadful? They're just so shallow and showy and vain. We didn't even get started until two hours after I got there because everyone was too busy touching themselves up and changing outfits. She has these two daughters who each came up to me with a picture they'd taken of themselves with an Instagram filter that actually changed their features and demanded that I make them look exactly like that in the painting. The son was off playing sports and had forgotten about the whole thing, and we had to wait for him to shower when he finally got home. The husband is quite clearly fucking the maid, who he insisted also pose for the portrait and stand 
in between him and Portia. What? That's messed up, Lana said. Oh, I feel kind of bad for Portia now, I said. Don't, Gemma said. She just texted me an hour ago saying that she wants to restart the whole thing because she doesn't like the way she's standing. And anyway, while we were waiting for everyone to get their shit together, she bragged about hooking up with at least three of the crew members on her reality show. So I'm sure she's fine in that department. Are you going to be on the reality show, Gemma? Brie asked, the corners of her mouth twitching. Absolutely not! They're on hiatus right now, waiting to see if they'll be picked up for another season. If they are, I will lose all faith in humanity. I don't know. I kind of like those shows, Lana shrugged. They always make me feel better about my own life. But they're just so vapid, Gemma groaned. I can barely stand being around them when I'm being paid 10k to do it. I couldn't imagine tuning in voluntarily. You're making that much? That's incredible, Jam. Congrats, Bree said. Gemma smiled wryly. At least selling my artistic soul is lucrative. How's the hospital placement going? Bree sighed. It's all right. I'm just so ready to graduate and make some money so that I can get my own place. I've been really craving some space lately. But your parents are the best. Lana said. Yeah, I do love Bob and Veronica, I said. So do I, said Bree, but my brother's wedding is really stressing them out. Half our side of the family has money and half doesn't, and they keep pressuring my mom to get them free plane tickets. Oh, right, I forgot your mom works at the airline. She does, and they love her, but she can't get free tickets for over a hundred people. Her boss told her she could get 15 tops. So then she had to try and figure out who in the family was the most in need of a free ticket. And even though some of them are cheap AF, they don't want to admit that they have no money. And then my brother's fiance side of the family is just as annoying in a bunch of other ways. It's a mess. It'll be over soon, I said, bracingly. Yeah, but it's not just that. I mean, you guys know my parents. They're so cool, Gemma said. Maybe a little too cool. Bree rolled her eyes. James and I would like a bit of privacy. I get that, Gemma said. I don't want to complain because it's great that my parents are letting me live with them for now, but... Having my own place would be so nice. I am 100% down to be roommates again whenever any of you are ready, I said. All I need is about five more jobs that pay this much and then I'm there, Gemma said. Seriously, Lana said sulkily. Why is everything so expensive? Could we have another round, please? She asked the waitress, who was passing. Bree gave Lana a pointed look. What? Lana said. These drinks are two for one. It's not the same thing. My phone rang. Sorry, guys, I said, intending to turn it on silent, but the number caught my eye. It was from New York. Probably a telemarketer, Lana said. I nodded, but still, something was telling me to answer it, so I did. Hello? Hello? Betty? Is that you? Uh... I think you have the wrong number. 
Well, this was the number listed for Betty Winters. Is that not you? I'm Brooklyn Winters. Oh, I heard a ruffling of papers. Yeah, right, Brooklyn Winters. Anyway, this is Joan from 21 Magazine. You submitted a story to us? Yes, I said, jolting up and squeezing through the loud tables toward the street so that I could hear the woman better. Well, we liked it, and we want to publish it in our next issue. I'll send you an email in the next few days with our edits for your approval. The ending was a little rough. We need a bit more closure. Sign the document on there once you get it, and then we'll be good to go. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, yes. Congratulations. I just have to call to get your verbal consent. Do you have any questions? Um, will you send the payment in the email as well? Payment! The woman laughed. Oh, honey, we don't pay. But I thought it said compensation was negotiable based on experience. And what writing experience do you have? I... Exactly. Look, right now, we're doing you a favor by putting you in our magazine. Think of it as free exposure. In the meantime, build up a following. No one succeeds without one these days. Get on Instagram, Twitter, and what's that new one called with all the dancing? Post some poems or something. Once you get over 10,000 followers, we'll talk about compensation. Oh, okay. Oh, honey, don't sound so depressed. No one pays for art. They pay for popularity. We'll be in touch after the issue comes out. If people like your story, we might get you to write another installment. I have to say, I found the fuckboy you wrote about kind of alluring. So just to confirm, your name is spelled B-R-O-O-K. She confirmed my details and then yelled, Bye-bye! Bye, I said, but she was already gone. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What was that about? Gemma asked as I rejoined the girls at our table. I submitted a story to 21 Magazine a little while ago and you're getting published. Oh, Brooklyn, this is incredible news. Gemma cried, lunging across the table and wrapping her arms around me. 21? Like this 21? Lana asked, pulling up her Instagram page and brandishing it in my face. Yeah, except they're not paying me. I explained what the woman had said. What a cheapskate! Lana rolled her eyes. Are you still going to let them use it? Brie asked. I sighed, 
I'm kind of pissed, but at the same time, I think she's right. No one's going to pay for my stuff. At least, not yet. It's like society wants to kill all great art. Gemma threw up her hands dramatically. It's a wonder there's any of it around given the way they treat us. It's not just artists, Bree said. I'm basically paying to work right now in my nursing practicum. We looked sulkily across the table at one another, and then Gemma sat upright. Enough of this. Brooklyn is getting published in a magazine we've all actually heard of. That's still a win. And she's good at what she does. And Brie, you're the smartest, most caring person I know. And everyone's going to want you at their hospital. It'll all pay off eventually. One day, I'll get to paint what I actually want to paint. And one day, maybe, just maybe, Lana will be so into the person she's dating that she won't accidentally make out with an Australian right in front of them. Hey, Lana said before relenting. Okay, fine, true. Cheers to that, Bree said. I love you guys. I smiled at her and the four of us clinked our pink glasses together toward the gray sky. But regardless of Gemma's optimism and the many glasses of rosé, I felt hopeless when I got home later. How long was it going to take before I was paid for my work? Would I ever be paid? Unlike Brie, I didn't have a job waiting for me on the other side of this, just a vast expanse of unknown outcomes. I could work forever and never make a cent. A lot of writers did. I scrolled aimlessly through Instagram, trying to get my mind off everything. There were so many ads on there now. Every second story I looked through seemed to be one. I scrolled and scrolled, barely seeing the bright colors and flashing lights competing for my attention. Want your book to be seen by millions? My glazed eyes refocused at the ad that had just popped up between Bentley and Lana's most recent stories. You can publish your book on Inkblot, the world's most popular database for online publishing. Inkblot? What was that? I swiped up and was redirected to their website. A billboard for a very popular romance movie, which I'd recently watched, was splashed across their front page under the heading, Recent Book to Film Adaptations. I clicked on that and was taken to a long list of movies and TV shows I'd seen advertised across theaters and streaming libraries. There was also a tab showing books that had originally been published on Inkblot that had then been picked up by traditional print publishers and placed in regular bookstores. What was this thing? I proceeded to do a deep dive of research, watching YouTube videos from successful and unsuccessful writers on the platform. Essentially, it was a place to serially publish a novel. They had millions of readers worldwide who would then find your book in the Inkblot online library and read it like they would on an e-reader. But the coolest part, in my opinion, was the fact that these readers could then make comments on your story. My eyes widened with excitement. What if I published my fantasy book on here? Sure, it wasn't finished yet, far from it. Having readers might help with my motivation to get it done, 
And since I had no prospect of getting paid for my writing right now anyway, why not at least use the comments people would make as a tool to get better? I didn't have to tell anyone I knew I was doing this. I didn't even need to use my real name if I didn't want to. I pulled up the document on my computer that contained the first few chapters of my fantasy novel. It wasn't perfect, but maybe that didn't matter so much on here. Still, I read through them making a ridiculous amount of changes before I was ready to submit the first one. How often will you be publishing new chapters? I looked through the options. Daily? Certainly not. Weekly? Maybe. Monthly? Maybe monthly was the most realistic option. I was still overwhelmed with work, and I wanted the chapters I published to be good. Now came the hard part. What was my story called, and who was I? I spent so long trying to come up with a title that every light in the apartment opposite mine had gone out by the time I settled on something. I wasn't sure if I was happy with it, but it was the only thing that kind of made sense. I clicked next. Author's name. I grimaced. Coming up with a title had been hard enough. I felt a rush of anxiety. It was odd. It had taken me so long to publish something, and now I wanted this chapter out in the world as soon as possible. No one I knew knew what Inkblot was. They'd have to download the app, then type in my name just to find my story. And none of them were bored enough to be scouring the dark corners of the internet for my writing. Should I just use my real name for now? In a rush, I typed it, copy-pasted the first chapter, and clicked Publish. Then I closed my laptop and hurried off to bed before I could change my mind and delete the entire thing. On Saturday, my phone woke me up. I groggily picked it up and saw Apollo's name. Annoyed at him for disturbing my sleep, on top of everything else, I pressed ignore. I was just about to roll back over when I realized it was past noon. I moaned, exhausted. I wasn't sure exactly how late I'd been up writing last night, but I felt like I'd only been sleeping for a few hours. Apollo sent a text. Hey Brooklyn, could you please call me back? I really need to talk to you. Grudgingly, I got out of bed, showered, and headed to Davy Street for some coffee. I spent the afternoon marking homework and finalizing my Shakespeare unit. Then I pulled on leggings and my waterproof running jacket and ran through the sleet-like rain along the waterfront. I was just finishing up when Gemma called me. Hey, Rumi, what are you up to? Just out for a run, you? I'm over at Braylon's and we're getting hungry for dinner. Want to meet us at that amazing Indian place on Davy? Uh, Steve is coming too, she added, correctly interpreting my reluctance. Oh, okay, sure. Great, meet us there in an hour? Sounds good, I said. 
I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted to see Steve again or not. He had texted me after we'd spent the night, and we'd sent a few texts back and forth, but I wasn't nearly as magnetically attracted to him as Gemma and Braylon were to each other. Still, Gemma seemed to want a wingwoman, and I was happy to play that role. And anyway, it wasn't as though having Indian food with Gemma and flirting with some hot guys sounded like that bad of a time. My shower was wonderfully warm after the wet chilliness of outside. The place we were going to was only a five-minute walk from my house, so I spent the extra time making myself look cute. Then I grabbed my rain jacket, pulled up the hood, and headed downstairs. I nearly collided with a short little man as I stepped off the elevator. Oh, sorry, Brooklyn. It was Danny, my landlord. I should have waited further back, but I'm just so excited. We got rid of her at last. Who? Your neighbor! He was practically dancing on the tips of his toes with glee. Oh, great! Her reign of terror has ended! Are you okay? I asked, noticing a large black bruise on Danny's forehead. More than, don't you fret about this, it was worth it. Do you mean, did she do that to you? Yes, and I got the whole thing on tape. The judge granted me a restraining order, so she isn't even allowed back to get her things. She's got a relative coming to do it. Free at last, Brooklyn. We are free at last. He hugged me and skipped onto the elevator, waving merrily until the doors closed. I stood there, stunned, for a few moments. I hadn't realized my neighbor was that dangerous, and Danny was way too cheerful for someone who had just been assaulted, but at least she was gone for good now. My phone rang, making me jump. It was Apollo, again. I ignored it and started up the slippery hill toward Davy. The rain was really coming down now, and I regretted not bringing an umbrella. The wind picked up and I held tightly onto my hood, trying to stay dry. My fingers were frozen by the time I reached the restaurant. Was it glove season already? Gross. I joined a family of eight who were waiting for a table. The husband was outraged that the restaurant didn't have enough space to accommodate them immediately and looked affronted when the host asked him to wait while he spoke to me. The host looked relieved when I told him I only wanted a table for four and said they were just clearing one off now. Got us a table, I texted Gemma. Oh, sorry, Brooklyn. We didn't realize it was raining so hard and had to go back for some umbrellas. Be there in 20 or so. No problem, I wrote, squeezing into the corner as a couple came in from outside and added their names to the waiting list. The wind howled. Cascades of water were now streaming down the glass windows, making it impossible to see outside. I was grateful I'd gone for my run when I had. Brooklyn? Oh no. I knew that voice. I looked up to see Apollo shaking wet hair out of his eyes. If we hadn't been basically imprisoned by people on all sides, I would have considered running away from him. Oh, hey, what are you doing here? I asked warily. 
grabbing takeout. Of course he was. Why were we always in the same place? Was I cursed? I was starting to feel like I was cursed. I called you earlier. Yeah. I'm sorry to be so annoying, Brooklyn, but I'd really like to talk to you. Could we... Brooklyn, your table's ready, the waiter called. Apollo and I looked at him blankly. Come along, the waiter said, clearly eager to get us both out of the crowded entrance. My friends are meeting me here soon, I told Apollo. Oh, do you need another chair? The waiter asked, helpfully grabbing one from a table and offering it to Apollo. Hey, they've got five now? That's not fair. You've made us wait forever, the angry man and the party of eight called. Eight is much more than five, sir, the waiter said simply, placing the menus on our table. I promise this won't take too long, Apollo told me. Okay, I said haughtily, taking the seat opposite him. Would you like anything to drink? The waiter asked us brightly. Our masala chai is very popular at the moment, what with all the rain. I folded my arms and glared at Apollo. Uh, yeah. Two chais, please, he said. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please give it five stars on Apple or Spotify, write a review, share it on social media, and tell your friends. Confessions of a New Grad is written, performed, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Rebecca Montgomery does cover and episode artwork, as well as editing the scripts. For accompanying illustrations, exclusive news, and extra content, you can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. You can also find more information and get in touch via our website, confessionsofanewgrad.com. Special thanks to all the musicians who allowed us to use their work in this production. You can find the soundtracks in the episode descriptions. I love interacting with you and hearing your thoughts on the show or anything at all, so please feel free to continue to reach out to me on Instagram or via the show's website. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 